What's up everybody, Mitch Michaels here. It's time for another edition of the Money Mitch Effect. I am your host of this sports-driven podcast. Great show planned for you today. It's NFL exclusive. Gonna talk matchups for week five on the field with my boy Chris Miller as we break down the ins and outs of what we expect to see. And then I'm gonna talk to Anthony Germain about point spreads, some enticing games on the slate. You're not gonna wanna miss that. It's the Money Mitch Effect, it's Friday. Let's roll, here we go. All right, Chris Miller on the Money Mitch Effect. Long time coming, thanks for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I've had many a great sports conversation with you in the past, so this should be fun. So we're ready to talk NFL football, and yeah. that's where we got it in, you know, at the uh, at NFL Media, where you currently work. You were Correct. in video production there, and a card-carrying member of Raider Nation. I have been a card-carrying member, uh, bleed silver and black since I was 11. Okay. So I've been a fan for a long time. I uh, love the love the love my silver and black. So since you're 11, you're you're a little older than me. So that <laughs> means from that period, probably not the best run to be a Raiders fan. But <laughs> but uh, we'll, no. we'll we'll start right now. It's been a rough decade. No. Though this year things are things are on the up. Three yeah. one Raiders, a big win over an undefeated team, uh, another step in the right direction. Carr wins the game down the stretch. Real reason for optimism? Are you thinking as a true Raider fan that this is the year you guys make the playoffs? I mean, I'm always hesitant to say that this is the year they make the playoffs just because as a Raiders fan, you know, you have to be a little tempered in your comments because they're the Raiders and bad luck always happens. I mean, you're a Browns fan. You understand. Uh, We're starting early. Okay. Yeah, we're starting early. We're starting early. I mean, there was a few years ago when they had Jason Campbell uh, as their starting quarterback. They had Darren McFadden was killing it. Both of them get injured. They ended up, what, I think 8-8 eight and eight that year, missing the playoffs because of freaking Tim Tebow. Right. Um, and then Tebow goes on to beat the Steelers, of you know. So uh, I, I try to be a little hesitant. But, yeah, I think this is this is definitely a team to be optimistic about. Um, they're 3-1. and one. All three of those wins have been on the road. They've all been 10 a.m. Pacific games, which uh, if anyone who follows football really knows, that's really hard for West Coast teams to win. Um and as I said earlier this week, they've traveled um, more in the last few weeks than most NFL teams are going to travel all season long. And um, they're looking good. The defense definitely needs some work, but uh, it's definitely a team to be optimistic about. Sure. So the, the first thing breaking all that down is Carr. Oh, you know, yeah. There's only two players in the NFL that, as a Browns fan, make me physically sad to watch. Nothing against them personal. Carr's <laughs> one. It, it's guys sure. that should be on the Browns. Sure. Carr's sure. one. And the other is that receiver in Atlanta that we're going to talk about later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's number one. Oh, Car- boy. You're not going to top him while he's in the league. But Carr's one. Is that he- because the Browns traded up to get Manziel when they could have had Carr? Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> right. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. We have an, an-, we have an answer. All right. Um, but Carr plays big. He's clutched down the stretch. The one thing with the Raiders, why I still have reservations about whether they make the playoffs this year, is the schedule, who they've beaten. I'm not completely sold on the win over the Saints and uh, sure. you know, obviously you know this recent win over uh, a Baltimore team that we're still not sold on. 
Yeah, yeah. I want to see, obviously, the defense has shown strides, and that loss to Atlanta looks a lot better. I mean, it's not a good loss, and there's no such thing as a good loss in the NFL, right. but it's not a bad Atlanta team at the moment that it looks like they got lit up by. Right, right. Well, and you have a defense in Carolina that many people would have said is a better defense than the Raiders, and they got lit up for 500 yards in the air, three of, 300 of which went to, to Julio Jones, so... Yeah, the Raiders' uh, defense doesn't look quite as bad when you when you look at those numbers. For are you, sure. Are you worried about the running game at all? I know that's been, you know, Murray's. I don't know if he's getting phased out or they're going by committee with Washington, but they're asking a lot of Carr, and, and I have some hesitations over whether or not he can sustain just having to go out and throw for the win all the time. Sure. Well, let me just go back and say one quick thing. I love Derek Carr. He's he's amazing, but I think a lot of the credit, and this also goes with the run game too, goes to that offensive line. Much improved. Um, they've had four games, one sack. Uh, one they had actually allowed two, but the second one of them was called off from a penalty. So statistically, one sack, um, and that was to the Tennessee Titans. And they've done it with uh, a rookie right tackle who started last week against uh, Baltimore and Vidal uh, Alexander. Um, they did it with a line offensive line by committee after injuries against the Saints. So that line's been a wrecking crew. Um, and they've been making holes. I just don't see Latavius Murray hitting him. I don't know what it is. Like he just feels yeah. like he's like got like got molasses, you know, well, in his yeah, veins. He, he hasn't fallen the Trent Richardson route. He hasn't hit rock bottom like that. But no, no, he's definitely not Trent Richardson. <laughs> Although Trent Richardson did play briefly for the Raiders. So there he you go. Did, yeah, it always comes back. <laughs> it always comes back. Um, no, I, I think we weren't sure if he could sustain the level of success he had his his coming yeah. out party because it wasn't a full season. Sure. So I don't mind them going by committee. I think they need to get a running game down the road. Denver's going to be a tough, tough game to have. Kansas City is going to play them tough. Yep. There's some tough games as the schedule picks up, even with a better time zone and less travel. But oh, you know, sure. I, I like I like Blackjack Del Rio. You know, he's getting ready for the Vegas <laughs> is that, move. Is that, or, the yeah, new, is that the new nickname, Blackjack yeah, Del Rio? I, mean, I like that. The win in uh, New Orleans yeah. is great. No, I like I like that he made that decision at the time when I was watching it live at home. I was screaming at the television, like, please just kick the extra yeah. point. But I like it now it because... It though. That, yeah. that was a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it tells your team, and, and the Raiders are a very young team, hey, I believe in you guys that you can get the job done. And they've responded very well since I think that was a big moment for them very early in the season. You know, people like to... Uh, right off week one, but, you know, that sets the momentum for the entire year. It does, and uh, before we move on, just some quick thoughts on the Baltimore uh, team that's now 3-1. and one. Do you think they're, I don't want to use the term overrated, but still not yet tested as a legit team? I know their three wins were as easy as it gets in this league. Um, I think Baltimore is good, not great. Um, you know, you, you don't get the 3-0 and oh, even three and one if you're a bad team, first off. I mean, everyone likes to yeah. write off, and I do it too, you know, oh, they just beat the Browns, oh, they just beat the Jags. But you know what? Good teams win the games that they're supposed to win, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, look at the Eagles. You know, the Eagles haven't really, outside of Pittsburgh, you know, haven't had much competition either. But you know what? The good teams win those games. And I think Baltimore, you know, they won those games fair and square. They looked, you know, good doing it. Um, but yeah, we need to see a little more. It's going to be interesting to see now that the running back game is the Terrence West show. <laughs> I've um, seen that show before. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, that show beat up on the Raiders last week. So, um, 
you know, I, I for one, uh, I love Steve Smith Sr. Uh, I will always like him. I think, you know, he's an ageless wonder. And I like Joe Flacco a lot. I always have. You know, I know people like to write him off. But, you know, he's a good quarterback, and they've got a solid defense, too. So Yeah, the secondary concerns me a little bit. They've been giving up yeah. some big numbers, not just Oakland. Browns passed on him pretty well. Jacksonville yeah. scored a couple late uh, touchdowns to make that game close. So that, that does concern me, but I think... It's still wait and see. They got some tough games coming up. We're going to find out a lot about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I mean, they've got a, a tough division. You know, they still got to play Pittsburgh. They got to play Cincinnati, and they still got to play Cleveland one more time. So you know, like uh, could they, be the only win in the Browns. <laughs> could be, be the only for that game. Uh, well, no. Here's you want to. Can I say this early? Go I ahead. made a bold prediction that the Browns beat the Patriots this week. Wow. I made that bold prediction. A lot more bold than me. <laughs> well, that's probably because I had a co-worker who said the Patriots were going to go undefeated this year. I'm oh. so glad he was wrong. Oh. Uh, no. I said my bold prediction is Tom Brady comes back and is rusty, and the Browns pull out an incredible victory. But isn't this the perfect game to be rusty in, though? Counterpoint to that? Like, this is like a <laughs> rehab start. If you're going <laughs> to... Are you, are you calling the Browns like the like the AAA team of the NFL? Like that that's like it's uh I mean, it's funny. I was just a side note on that. My my dad brought up a good point. He read somewhere there where they were calling the Browns the best sparring partner that an NFL team could ask for. Oh they yeah, make you play hard, but they're not gonna you know, end up winning every time. Oh yeah, I mean like I'm I'm a big like I said I grew up in the Bay Area, so I'm a big like Oakland A's fan. I've always called the A's a a four A team. They're not a major league team. They're always like that additional farm <laughs> oh, team. Yeah. That, that made players good and then sent them off to other teams to, to have great careers. So from one bad secondary to another, <laughs> as Chris Miller joins me on the Money Mitch effect, Carolina, again, fault loses, falls to 1-3. Julio Jones, 12 catches, 300 yards. Matt Ryan, 503 yards passing. <laughs> from the Carolina standpoint, they fall to 1-3. We know they let go of Josh Norman. If you yeah. watch that defense, Chris, it's not just one guy. That does not look like the same unit at all from last season. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like they just, I mean, if I think they have, you know, like Super Bowl loss hangover. Uh, the Raiders have been suffering that for the last what fourteen years or so. <laughs> it's a long hangover. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's part of it. But I I wouldn't completely discredit Josh Norman. Um, you know, I think that was a huge loss for them. I mean. If you look at just the fact that even if he plays the defense kind of in a Richard Sherman sort of way where he only plays one side of the field like he did like against a Pittsburgh. Two type thing. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like people kept talking about, like, why isn't Norman covering Antonio Brown? Well, the Redskins had him specifically playing one side of the field, and that side of the field was locked down. You know, I mean, that's his job. I mean, so if you can eliminate half the field, you know, against a team, you know, like Atlanta. Um, it certainly, I think, would have limited, you know, I think Matt Ryan still maybe would have ended up with 300 yards instead of 500, but I think it, it's, he's a big loss for them. I think he covered up maybe the safeties not being as good as kind of we thought they were. Yeah. Norman definitely covered up a lot of holes. The pass yeah. rush looked a little more lethal last year, too, and they're not getting heat. Ryan had a pretty clean pocket all day. Yeah. That worried me, too. Well, I think, honestly, uh, I think it all goes back, though, to the offense. The offense cannot stay on the field. Oh. And when your offense, this is, you know, I hate to bring it back to the Raiders. But I'm a Raiders fan. But that was part of the reason why the Raiders have been bad defensively sometimes is the offense couldn't stay on the field. And when your offense can't stay on the field, you know, the defense never gets a chance to rest. And when you're running around after someone like Julio Jones all day, you get exhausted, you know, and then you get burnt. Do you? Th- let me ask you a question, Chris. Do you think that 
maybe it's not so much Cam not playing well, but that the level that he played at last year, what they asked him to do is just kind of unsustainable. Uh, they really the whole offense runs through him. If he's not at his absolute A game, in my opinion, they're not going to be in a good chance to win. I think honestly, I think a lot of it still goes to the offensive line. The offensive line is just not blocking. You know, when you can't, when I you, don't. Yeah, but I don't know if they did that last year, and it's just Cam made a lot of people miss, and you know. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It's it's very it's very possible that what the the incredible year that Cam Newton had last year definitely wore him out. I mean, for sure. I think you're going to see this next year, I think, uh, with Todd Gurley. I think he's going to have a rough next year, too, because he's getting worn out. And no line there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I think any quarterback can be a great quarterback in the NFL if they can, if they can stay upright, you know. And um, the really great quarterbacks are the ones that can, you know, still be good when they can't, but... Cam Newton's he's, he's phenomenal, but he is getting chased and murdered out there. I mean, and he got concussed. And yeah, what he got like sacked eight times by the Vikings. I mean, that's no, no. Minnesota is one thing, but when this happens in that line and against Atlanta, when he's feeling the heat and he's under pressure, I mean, that's now they've had they played some tough teams. I still think at one and three they can make the playoffs, especially in that division where I'm still not sold on Atlanta being an all power. While Definitely going in the right direction. Definitely. But, Where's the run game too? I mean, they, I mean, you know, Stewart's out. Offensive line, yeah, can't block. True, but also losing yeah. Stewart was a big was a big loss from Fozzie Whitaker's not a you know three down back, you know Artis Payne's. Artis Payne's on one of my fantasy player. fantasy teams, unfortunately, but he's not he's not a three down back for the most part. I mean, they're they're good for committee, but Fozzie Whitaker's like a red zone specialist. You know, I mean, he's that guy who who pounds it in and. But again, like I said, I, I still take that back to the offensive line. Like it just when you're not making holes, you're not gonna run well, you're not gonna pass well. I mean So are we buying Atlanta as a playoff legit team? It's tough. I mean they beat Oakland too. They they've got they some did. wins. They did. I under I, their belt that are pretty good. They destroyed the Saints, which has been did. going around a lot lately. <laughs> week yep. one Tampa, hard yep. to explain, but Julio's healthy. My money, I, I know A.B. A, Antonio Brown's great, but I like Julio to him, just a preference thing. I would say, as far as the NFC South goes, there's not going to be a wild card team coming out of the South. So if you want to make the playoffs, you got to win that division. Yeah, you know? I probably would agree with you then. But, but to play devil's advocate, sure. what can we lock down as wild cards? Because the NFC West has a team that we... <laughs> Weren't really that we thought would be good. They're struggling. The East I mean, is, you know, let's, the East. Let's just say, let's just say, like the, the trend are, is, yeah. like the NFL, like all these teams that are currently playing well continue to play well. I mean, we know that's not true. Exactly. But then I would definitely see, you know, Seattle and LA coming out of the West if if they continue playing well. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true, but I'm just saying, like, let's just say that that's the case. And then you've got two teams I would say coming out of the North in in Green Bay and Minnesota. So then that leaves you one East team, which is probably going to be Washington at this point. Yeah. Um, and, or, I mean, don't sleep on Dallas, though, too. And I, one of the South team. That division is the hardest to predict. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's – your trend's probably right. It's just a lot of teams aren't sticking to the script that we right. have penciled in winning those divisions. Oh, yeah, and that's I could why we see love some, the it's a, We love the game, but I could see some of these divisional games cannibalizing the records and – then a, oh. then a team maybe not the be- sixth best team in the conference, but the team with the best record gets in, and yeah. they get slaughtered in the first round. Much like <laughs> it happened last year. I mean, was it the first round of the playoffs? Every single home team lost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because those were just, they were bad teams that won bad divisions. You know, I mean, the Redskins, 
bad team that won a bad division. The Texans were a bad team that won a bad division. And when they played a really good team, they got smoked. The only one that didn't really fit that was the Minnesota Blair Walsh game. <laughs> well, <laughs> true, true. That, that was that was the one aberration in which the uh, negative, what, 20-degree kick or whatever just oh, didn't quite work out. Oh, yeah. So let's go to the NFC West. The Rams beat the L.A. Rams, beat the Arizona Cardinals. In Arizona, it improved to 3-1, and one, dropped the Cardinals to 1-3. and three. Yep. Rams 3-1. and one. Uh, Is this going to last, and is this going to last with Case Keenum as a signal caller? You know what? I think it can last, and I know Ooh, I I Jeff hate Fisher. no yeah I, <laughs> I hate to be like the guy that that like jumps on the Rams bandwagon because I just you know I'm not I'm not a Rams fan I got you know I, I I I'm ambivalent when it comes to the Rams, but um, their defense again like their defense is solid they've got one of the best front sevens in the league um, Donald and Quinn are playing like out of their minds. Um, and right now, I think that they're sort of in a situation kind of like the Chiefs usually are, where you let your defense sort of uh, run the show, and you just need Case Keenum to basically be, you know, like just to... Make a couple throws. Yeah, make a couple throws. Don't screw up. Yeah, just don't screw up. Give the ball to Gurley 40 times if you have to. Um, maybe, hopefully, he'll get some more yards for my fantasy team. But I think... Like they could definitely sustain. I mean, it depends. If the Cardinals are legitimately a bad team, then they definitely have a shot at that division because the Niners are no good, um, and the Seahawks, even when they're limping, are good. So I think that those two teams could definitely fight it out for the division. Uh, I think Seattle ultimately wins that because they're the better team, and I think the Rams possibly could slide in for a wild card spot. It's an interesting spot to be in. They're taking advantage of an opportunity with Arizona down. Yeah. They're riding their strengths. You know, there's a lot to be said about that. They know their identity, and there's a lot of teams in this league four weeks in that don't know what get brought them to the dance and what can get them to succeed. Yeah. I, I don't see any reason at this point to bring Goff in, just ride Keenum in that defense and, and no, no. play itself out. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> On the other side of that, though, Chris, Arizona, 1-3. and three. Shocking. I know, Shocking right? how they've been losing these games, too. Yeah. I, I'll start with Palmer. I mean, he's out with a, a concussion for Thursday, but he hadn't looked good before that. And, and I'm wondering if it's age, if it's age, if it's wear and tear, if it's bad memories from that horrific playoff game last year. Something isn't right with their offense, and it starts with the signal caller. Yeah, definitely. I think, well, I think you hit it initially. I think part of it's age. Um, I mean, his arms still definitely look live. Um, you know, uh, their run game hasn't been fantastic again, you know, so yeah, Johnson, I like David Johnson, but he's an all purpose back. He, he's, he's, he's had some good games, but he's not going to just be the, and there's nothing wrong with this, but he's not going to be the 30 times a game guy. He's going to be 15 rushes, eight catches, kick return, you know, and every once in a while he'll have that incredible 70 yard run that blows your mind. Um, you know, and the defense honestly hasn't really been helping them out that much. I mean, that that loss to to New England at home to the backup quarterback, I think, you know, really set a bad tone for them and I think it really exposed some serious weaknesses in that defense. I've noticed I've noticed starting these games for Arizona, they haven't really come out ready to play on defense. If you if you picked up on New England comes down scores quick. Yeah. You know, same thing happened with the Rams. They get the first touchdown of the game. 
Oh, yeah. I, that's not what we expected from this Arizona defense, as what we thought would be one of the premier units in the league. Well, and this offense, too. I mean, how many people had these guys at the beginning of the season picked to be one of the more explosive offenses up there with Pittsburgh? I mean, but here's the thing, though. Last year, the Cardinals, they lived and died by the home run ball. You know, and, you know. Homer's off, yeah, that's And if you're not hitting those home runs, I mean, it's just like watching, you know, the Warriors. You know, if the Warriors, let's not even talk about that. I know you're a Cavs fan. But, you know, (laughs) but if you're not hitting those threes, if you're not hitting those shots, if you're not hitting the home runs or making those deep passes, you know, then your rest of your offense crumbles. Yeah, well, we'll get into the picks uh, at the end of the show, but some big games for those two one and three teams, Carolina and Arizona, with backup quarterbacks looking likely. Yeah, in both cases. I, I I like Arizona's situation slightly better because you know Stanton has proved that he can actually at least play as a backup. Yeah, well, not, so, the, not the last couple minutes of that game though. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I hear what you're on. saying. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Chris Miller on the money Mitch effect from one bad team to another. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh, good lord! God, right, that is a- how. That is a dumpster fire, isn't it? That, that's <laughs> best use of dumpster fire I've heard all week. Nice. Uh, they don't. They have. They really don't have any strengths, which is an impressive feat to have for a football team that's just not really built around anything. Yeah. I'm gonna take a, a middle ground on Andrew Luck because he deserves some of the responsibility for his team being bad. But watching the games, man, it, he is running for his life. The defense isn't stopping anybody. Oh, it's God, a tough no. task for anybody. You could put Joe Montana in his prime and. For that team, and it would be oh tough. yeah, oh yeah, and I, I, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, what just a just a bad offensive line. And he, I'm just surprised. This is a young quarterback, and we've seen this before, even with Seattle, who's doing well. Mm-hmm. How is line not your top priority when you have one of these young signal callers falling into your lap in their prime and I have, you can't protect? I them? have no idea. I mean, well, they do have they have two, I believe, two rookies starting on their offensive line right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're both on the right side, the right tackle and the right guard. So that right there, you know, is a big problem. You know, at least you can say that the Colts tried to address the offensive line. The problem is, is now you got to start the two rookies, and I think that's been a big problem for. Um, but then again, we, we've seen a lot of rookie offensive linemen come into the NFL and play very well. And I think this all goes down to, and I know this is going to lead into something else you want to talk about, but I think this all goes down to coaching, to be honest. I think... The biggest, the biggest problem outside of the offensive line for the Colts um, is is the coaching right now. I, I think the coaching is not getting them prepared for these games, and it's and it shows. Well, they just cut two defensive stars from London, which is is Cromartie really a star? Can we he started really, can that we game. He started that game, but it just shows that, that star they're, star yeah. they're all in shambles. Yeah, and you're yeah. right. The coaching is not good. You can't be down 14 points in the first half of every single game and think coaching isn't a, at least a small percentage of what the problem is. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, and, you know, like I said, I've, we've seen plenty of, of young offensive linemen come into this league and play well because they were coached well, you know. And, you know, if you're not coached well, you're going to play poorly. Yeah, that's it's a horrible cliche, but it's true. And I think the the Colts, and I would not be surprised, and I know we're going to talk about this again uh, if you don't see a, a fire sale where they just clear, yeah. like, they they well, clear out everything. Let, let's get, let's get into that right now. I think it's sure. a good time to, to talk about it. Coaches on the hot seat, hot seat. 
this was one of our favorite talking points around the office when we worked together was which coaches are going to get fired. Oh yeah, I think I think right around Black Monday was everyone's favorite day to to do office pools. And I don't like to <laughs> wish coaches to get fired, but it's just no. a fact of life. Coaches will get fired. And I always like to set the over under at like one more than I think. Sure. Because there's always that wild card. Mm-hmm. But if we had to go right now, and I'll go around the divisions from my list to see who are on the hot seat. Okay. Um, right now in the AFC East, it's still Rex Ryan, but it's crazy how he's not. They went two and two in their first four games. This is a big year for him. Yeah. But they won the two games that I thought they'd lose, and they lost the two games I thought they'd win. I know. Uh, you know what? I I think beating New England on the road, even though Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback, I think cools his seat off a little bit. It's warm. You know, it's he's got the it's heated warm-ish. seat. It's warm-ish. But you know, yeah. but but. Trouncing Arizona, I think definitely yeah. helped. I mean, I still think they got to be a playoff. I mean, they pretty much said if you're not a playoff team, so well, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, so that, there you go. We'll I see. mean, they're they're gonna be maybe a wild card at best because New England, that's their division so, to lose. So that's all I have in the AFC East. AFC North is safe given new coaches and mm-hmm. and success, frankly. Yeah, uh, AFC South. Pagano for sure. Put him right on there. Pagano is my number one with a bullet. Ooh, okay. He has got the hottest seat of all. I'll tell you who my number one is. Um, it's the guy that I'm going to name next, Gus Bradley. I, Gus Bradley's number, <laughs> that's, that's number two. That's my number one. Pagano's number two. probably three. Uh, Bradley three. has one of the worst win wow. percentages that I yep. can think of. Um You know, just brutal. And they the, the progress, they've regressed. They <laughs> Trendy pick. Can't yeah. play great defense. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's playing good. That's about all that defense has. And Bortles, what is he just the garbage time quarterback? Is that what we've resorted to him being? <laughs> I think so. Well, when your defense plays as poorly as as the Jags defense has been playing, pretty much any time your offense on the is on the field, it's garbage time because um, they're always playing down. You know, I mean, yeah. pretty much. And you know, with the rare exception against when they played an even worse team in the Colts. You know, but and even then they were down at one point, and Bortles brought him back. So, uh, yeah, Gus Bradley definitely on that hot seat. So that's three, um, right? So far that I've named. Sure, I'm gonna put Malarkey on there. That Mary, oh, I got, I got Malarkey on that list coach. too. But I'll, the, I'll spare Bill O'Brien though. I'm not. He's not on my hot seat list. Well, the Texans yeah. are three and one. They're actually a decent yeah. team. So. <laughs> Again, uh, I think they're. I think team, they're. Yeah. I think they're a good team in a bad division. I think they're a decent team in a bad division, and that okay. makes them look like a good team. But uh, no, O'Brien's safe. So that's. So we have now four. Okay, yep. West, my number two, Mike McCoy. Ooh yes, I got He's Mike McCoy my on my list. Two on my list. I got Andy Reid on my list. Wow, see that we we disagree on that one. I'm well, not, the Chiefs are what one and three right now, right? Two and two, one and three. You can fact check on that. They're later. two and two. They beat yeah. the Jets. That's and right. They beat um, who's the other one there? Because I know they lost to Pittsburgh and they lost to Houston and they beat the, they came back and beat the Chargers. That's, That's why right. McCoy's That's on right. my list because the right. Chargers are like That's you, right. you do stand up comedy. They're like a stand up act that just keeps reinventing themselves. How they lose these games? Oh my god! Yeah, is, it's actually impressive. I, they they, they well, should be three. That's why I put him two in my hot seat because McCoy, for whatever reason, they cannot close games. And I think this is my my opinion, but I think if you're an owner. Your GM that pisses you off the most. Oh, of course. Having a game in your in the grass. Oh yeah. Well, they were up. Away. They were up. What like twenty two points on the Chiefs? And the Chiefs are not a high octane offense. It might have been even higher than that. Yeah, yeah, it was something ridiculous. I mean, that's not a high octane offense. I the mean, Saints Alex, game was the worst though. They were up yeah. thirteen. 
With seven minutes left. Sure. And the ball. <laughs> it's like the Chargers are like the like the anti-Eli Manning. You know, Eli Manning is like Mr. Fourth Quarter Comeback. Right. And the Chargers are like Mr. Fourth Quarter Loss. But it seems to be like a, a, a theme with them. Like they've done it year in and year out. I mean, that was part of the reason why they were what? Like a 4-12 and team last year? Because they lost a lot of fourth quarter leads. You know, and again, their defense, not great. Um, offensively, they're definitely explosive. I mean, uh, Philip Rivers is is you know he, I hate to say it you know because he's a divisional rival, but he's a great quarterback. We gotta get rid of him. I think. I mean, if it's wow. not going anywhere, wow. Well, you, you can is still like one of those like set him free so yeah. you can maybe well, go somewhere happy. In your in your organization, what's the going rate on the market for Philip Rivers? There's a lot of teams. That, would definitely be like, come on, we'll take you. We'll we'll give you a good offer. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you're a Browns fan. The Browns obviously need a quarterback. Would that's, you? What do you get? What would you give up see, for see, Phillip for, Rivers? For Phillip Rivers has got how many more years left? For me personally, that's a tough one because the offense, the Browns are just a disaster, and I don't know who could be protected by that offensive line. So, but yeah. I would definitely consider it. I think he's worth worth. Probably a first-round pick from a team. Wow. Yeah. First round. Well, I mean, I guess if Sam well, Bradford was her first yeah. round. There you go. That's my measuring stick. And but it's Sam Bradford's out. also been playing very well for Minnesota. Change the scenery. <laughs> get it, get him with a good defense and a good offensive yeah. line. But back it just to has the, to be uh, a just has to be a clock controller. But back to the coaches. That's all I have in the AFC West. So that's five for me. Agreed. On that list. NFC East. I'm just gonna go with Gruden. Really? I, I mean, Gruden on that list for sure. Redskins are three and one though, I, right? So no, two no, and two? no, they're one. They're two and two. Two and two. Yeah, yeah. I got Gruden on that list. Garrett's got excuses built in with the Romo thing, and I actually think they're a solid team. I've got Jason Garrett on my list. Okay, interesting. Um, I don't think he's like super hot. I don't think he's like as muy caliente as Chuck Pagano is, but I think. Um, with all the expectations that that Jerry Jones has had on this team year in and year out and just not delivering, I think at some point he finally does get sick of Jason Garrett. Is it going to be this year? I don't I, I, We'll see. It's hard to say. I think yeah. you're right, though, because, like, it's, like, injury. it's almost like Jason Garrett, like, sabotages Tony Romo, like, oh, hey, you can't fire me. I just lost my starting quarterback. But Dak Prescott's been playing really well. Um so I think you give him one more year. Quarterback too. Uh, isn't it strange that the guy that might replace Romo is actually the Bizarro Romo? <laughs> he just plays it really safe to the vest, doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't yeah. go for the deep ball as much. Just makes smart. And he's mobile throws. too. Wow, <laughs> this is like Bizarro Romo. Yeah. No, uh, I definitely think if 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 not at the end of this year, I think you give if Dak ends up being the starter in Dallas, they'd say goodbye to Romo. I think you give Jason Garrett one more year with yeah. another year with Dak Prescott, and if he still can't get it done, like he's out. Like right. it's just, and plus I'm just to be honest, I'm sick of looking at Jason Garrett for some reason. Like it's just his face and his hair just bother me, but that's a different story. Anti-ginger, <laughs> I, I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, yeah. the fifth on that one, but uh, okay. <laughs> NFC North, I have Caldwell. He's on my list. He was almost fired last year. Won a couple of games down the stretch. I think he's done personally. Wow, Caldwell. Okay. Uh, I want to put. You know, it's funny. I want to put McCartney. McCartney I do too. List, right. I do too. How are they? Are they? I don't want to say wasting Aaron Rodgers is prime, but they should be. They better. are though. Yeah. But here's the thing: like the charge or the Chargers. Yeah. I just can't say enough bad <laughs> things about the Chargers. Uh, the Packers are two and one. I mean, they just had a bye week, right? But 
when have you watched them this year and been like excited about the Packers? Like seriously, like they're just like it just feels like no one's really talking about them. They don't seem like they're just an exciting team this year. There's just something missing, and I think part of that goes to coaching and play calling. And yeah, I think you've had probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, if not the best quarterback in the league, and you've done nothing with it. And at some point, yeah, it's got to go on the coaching. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just they, it's the offense is beyond conservative, but at the same time, they'll just stop running if it doesn't work and, and put a lot on Rodgers. I don't, I yeah. don't know. I, they, that offense should be a lot better given the personnel that they have. NFC South, I'm gonna say Sean Payton. Sean Payton, definitely. That's Sean Payton. You can really look at right Sean now. Payton, I put close to the Chuck Pagano as far as oh. the, the 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 temperature. It's been of the a seat. long time for Payton too, so. He's been there about a decade now, so... Yeah, he's had a great run. And you know what? I think Sean Payton, for the most part, is a good coach. Um, But, you know, at some point, you you have to move on. And and maybe you let him ride it out until Drew Brees calls it quits, because that's probably not more than another year or two anyway. But... Uh, and let them sort of, like, retire together, you know? Brees just signed that big extension, which just strapped his caps trap team even more. <laughs> so right, right. That's a nice pay. That's a nice Kobe Bryant style pay. <laughs> of course. Of We're course. not going to sign big free agents. Just give me my money. Well, and that's one thing I would I would go back to talking about the Colts. Like I think what what really uh, sucks about that team is their front office. I mean, if you look at the personnel on that team, like okay, you've got T. Y. Hilton, who's a pretty good receiver, playing is your wide receiver one. You got Andrew Luck, who's a really good quarterback. Who yeah, else on that team else? do you get excited Gore about? Gore still produces, but, yeah, you're not getting any younger with him. You're right. No, there's nothing else to get excited yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, that's why I say I think at the end of this year, Pagano's gone, Grigson's gone. So, and they just signed extensions, which is absurd. But Irsay's no. crazy. He'll just fire him and rip it up and eat the Irsay's money. nuts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, so the West is, I'm going to say safe. I don't see anybody in the NFC West. On the hot seat, even a brutal year by Bruce Arians, they're gonna give him at least one more year and be like, "Oh, it was an aberration." Yeah, I mean, I think Bruce Arians Fisher has... safe. Can't believe I said it. But <laughs> Fisher, Fisher is safe for one more year at least. He's safe. Unless they go seven to nine, uh... I, I, he's still safe. They'll be like, "Oh, you started out strong, you know, staying crocky." It's like I'm. You know, I don't even yeah. pay attention to the results anyway. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably get rid of Fisher just to, just in time to open his brand new stadium. It's a good prediction. So. Wrap this coach conversation up. So you think Chip Kelly's safe? Even though, like the Niners, year I mean, one, they, they're not. They're not as bad as I actually thought they'd be. They're not good. I didn't think they'd be good, <laughs> but they, they've had some competitive games. Yeah, but look happen. at Chip Kelly's first year at Philadelphia. Compare yeah. that to this year. The roster's pretty thin. I, I'll say. That. Oh God, yeah. So well, I, I, the, he's going to get at least another year or two to just try to figure that out. I think the the Niners have one of the worst front offices in the league outside of the Colts, probably. Pretty right brutal. Now. Who's the coach that gets fired maybe before the year ends? Is there anyone on that list that they would stop away with? Pagano. That's my. I, I, that's, I, that, like I said, I, I just think I just Bradley's think, the answer there. I think Bradley's the guy. I think Bradley's definitely got a shot. I, I definitely McCoy. a chance again. Uh, McCoy's definitely got a chance. Um, I think definitely Bradley because how many people came into the season expecting the Jags to be the darling of the NFL this year? Like, oh, the Jags. They were so garbage last year, but they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to have an explosive defense and an amazing offense, and they're not. They're just not good. So, yeah, there's definitely a chance that Bradley, but I definitely think, I mean, there's a possible Pagano and Bradley could both be gone by the end of the year. 
Very possible. Sitting here with Chris Miller on the Money mm -hmm. Mitch Effect. We are going to, the last thing we're going to talk about on this uh, NFL discussion is the Week 5 games. There's some interesting ones out there. And uh, the first one I want to talk about is Minnesota hosting Houston. Yes. And those Vikings, Chris, I, I'm, I'm more than impressed with. Mike oh my Zimmer, God, yeah. Sam Bradford, that defense. Defense is, is nasty. Now they just overcome injuries and just next yeah. man up. I, I, yeah. I think Minnesota takes this, and I don't know that this is close. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I am scared to the point where I benched Will Fuller on my fantasy team. I mean, and he's been killing it. But if you look at the last time the Texans played a, a, a good defense, they got shut out by the Patriots. So yeah. What is I it think about this Minnesota defense that makes them so dominant? They're fast. They're young and they're physical. I mean, did you see the way Rhodes was just just manhandling Beckham? I they mean, don't back down. They don't, and they don't back down. Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Beckham, we're no. coming. I mean, they're literally the Seahawks defense, but in purple jerseys, you know. And yeah. they, I think they they're bringing back that that purple people eater tenacity, you know. And it's it's fun to watch. I mean, they they get after people, you know, and. Um, yeah, uh, I, I definitely I, I'm picking Minnesota to possibly be the uh, representative in the Super Bowl from the NFC this year. To be honest, right wow. now. Wow, Sam Bradford. No, I will say. Well, which he's team, never which had team? a defense as good. He's never had a receiver as good as Stephon Diggs. No. He's upright. He's healthy. He yeah. doesn't have to be great. Just just get the job done. Just no. don't throw picks. Just you know use Cal just Be Rudolph. a game manager. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, what team can you think of right now in the NFC that's better than the Vikings right now? Right now, it's tough. Although, I want to see them. I want to see Bradford and that Vikings team go to Lambeau. I want to see that game. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They're right there, though. You're, you're absolutely right. All right, Browns-Patriots. You actually think the Browns have a chance in this one? I said it was a bold prediction. Yeah. I didn't necessarily say I thought they had yeah. a chance. That's um, bold. I mean... Look, is there a chance? Yes. Could Brady be rusty? Yes. Uh, does it matter? No, because the Patriots still have LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> they still have a pretty darn good defense. Um, so I think, are, and the Browns are the Browns. But I mean, at the same time, though, with Terrell Pryor, they're really able to stretch that field, you know. So there's there's definitely uh, some some reasons to be hopeful, and I think I think they make it an interesting game. Brady could be rusty. There is that factor. I just look at it this way, Chris. The Browns on the line, not good. Belichick's too smart of a defensive guy. He'll bring pressure. He'll make his life, Kessler's life, miserable. Oh, yeah. Do you, do, you, do you get the feeling that, like, whenever he plays the Browns, he brings, like, an extra chippiness, almost like when he plays against uh, He struggled the last two times. The Browns beat him when Mangini was the coach in Cleveland. Beat yeah. him bad. Weird but, game. But Mangini had a history with yeah. Rex Ryan. And so. that was, they almost beat him in Foxborough, took an onside kick and all that yeah. typical Browns bad luck. <laughs> but I'm, I just don't want it to be a mercy rule. <laughs> just, I think it could be closer. You might have talked me into that. Hey, well, at least get up and watch the game. Come on. Maybe the game <laughs> of the week, if Atlanta can bring their A game on the road to play Denver, which has their quarterback issues to deal with. Does Denver... It hasn't really mattered who's been behind center, but does Denver keep the gravy train rolling against the Falcons? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, right now, it looks like Simeon is going to be playing. Um, I mean, that's he's obviously going to be a late decision. Um, but at the same time, like it's hard to pick against Julio and Matt Ryan right now. Oh, so hard. <laughs> but yeah. 
But now we're we're officially, you know, another week into October, and this is the time when the, the Falcons start playing more like the Falcons. Um, and, again, last time we saw the, the Broncos play the number one offense in the league, uh, they – Kick the crap out of the Panthers in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> there's also the win for the Falcons. Another positive on them is the the wins above what I call coaching replacement. In this case, wins above Mike Smith. <laughs> yeah. I think I think what Dan Quinn's doing and just not getting in the way is helping his team out. But uh, Denver is tough. Von Miller is three steps ahead of everybody, and you well, know if if Lynch plays the full game and Atlanta can make life difficult, they have a chance. But if Simeon goes, I, I don't know how. I don't know how Atlanta could get enough rhythm offensively to establish their tempo. I don't think Atlanta has a strong enough run game to keep the no-fly zone honest. We think about Cincy going to Dallas. This could be a, a make-or-break game for both these teams as a legit contender. Sure. Uh, I would go Cincinnati on that one, though. Going into Big D, went and getting the win. They need to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. They need that game. Oh, yeah. Well, they both do, for sure. Um, you know, but again... I definitely wouldn't count out Dallas. I think Dallas is is definitely a team on the rise, even with you know a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back. They they look good, but um, there's a very good chance they won't have Des Bryant, uh, which is definitely going to hurt them because I think that this game's going to possibly end up being a shootout, and the Bengals have the better defense. I think between the two teams. So before I let you go, Chris, the last thing we like to do is the three three pick challenge. A game that's a lock, a game that's closer than you think, and a game that's an upset. Okay. So I'll look at it first. You can look at the schedule that we have here. Okay. Um, my lock of the week, I'm going to ride that Vikings train. I'm going lock. I'm going Minnesota over Houston. Book it. Okay. What are you thinking for the lock of the week? I mean... Uh, <laughs> I hate to agree with you, but I definitely okay. think the Vikings are are would be would have been my lock for the week uh, over Houston. I think Houston's a good team, but again, against that Vikings defense right now, I really have a hard time you know picking against those guys. They are just killing it. And for my closer than expected game, I hate to do it to you, Chris, but I think the Chargers give you guys a game in Oakland. <laughs> I think that's going to be a really good game. I do. I don't think. I think it's going to be a four-quarters game. I think Oakland wins, but, again, Carr's going to have to make them make some throws on the stretch. They're not that bad of a team in San Diego, just poorly coached. <laughs> God, you keep stealing mine because I definitely You're think You're going to go with that one? No. No, you know what? Just just, just to, to mix things up. You can go Pats-Browns. You were leaning that way. <laughs> no, I'm going to go Packers-Giants. Okay. Because... The Giants control. Why not? Yeah. I, think, I think Odell Beckham can only have so many bad games. I think... He's going to get his head right. And I think the, the Packers' defense is not fantastic. Um, and I think the, the Giants get back uh, into the W column. It's funny that we're not talking about the two 1-3 teams that could be realistically 1-4. Shockingly, that San Francisco-Arizona could be an even game yeah. with, with uh, you know, Drew Stanton in there on a short week. And yeah. then Derek Anderson, who knows what that experiment's going to lead to against the Tampa Bay team that's struggling. So I think those are both going to be <laughs> who knows. I'm staying close away. games. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give you my upset though. Sure. The Detroit Lions beat the Eagles this week. Ooh. In Detroit. 
That's I'm bull. I'm still not bullish on Car. I mean, I like Carson Wentz. I shouldn't say that, but I'm not. I'm not sold that this team is just the sure the three and zero. But sure, it's coming off the bye. The hype is building. The hype is building. Stafford can muck it up with anybody. He's he going to get his yards on that defense. And he had a stinker last week, so I, I think he's going to come back angry. But here's the thing. The Vikings defense gets all the all the talk, but statistically speaking, the Eagles have the number one defense in the league. They right do. Now. And they are coming off a bye, which is always a good thing. Um, so I definitely would have a hard time picking the Lions okay. in that game. Your upset pick? Ooh, boy. My upset pick... <laughs> Is the Colts beating the Bears considered an no, upset? No, stay away from that toilet bowl. I mean, that game's going to be on, like, the Ocho or something. <laughs> the Ocho. No, you know what? Honestly, when you first asked me to pick an upset, I was actually thinking the Chargers, to be honest. Because Okay. And here's why. Uh, one, um, the Raiders are coming off uh, not only a lot of travel, but also a huge emotional win in Baltimore, which is a classic recipe for a letdown. Um, I've also spent a lot of time uh, trolling all my Chargers fans on Facebook. Um, <laughs> it's not a good, so not that's a good always karma. a so bad karma. OMA. Exactly. So, karma. Okay. so I have a feeling that because of my own personal behavior that I'm going to be let down. Um, and for some reason, the Raiders seem to be a better road team than the home team so far this year. So I think that's a definite upset alert, but I, I think the, the Raiders will come out. But okay. definitely... I would That's, put them on upset alert. It's okay. You'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll mark that down for you. I know you're not rooting for it to happen. but Of course not. It's no. a San Diego away game, which is better than a home game for the crowd reaction, too. It is, but, I mean, when the Raiders go to San Diego, it's also a home game for the Raiders. So, <laughs> Well, Chris, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming by. We're going to be keeping track of all these uh these picks and uh, predictions, so Good, it's going to be on the internet, you know, so and <laughs> iTunes now, so you'll be uh, it'll be preserved, so we can pull it when you're wrong or. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. I mean, I expect you to uh, uh, post the audio on my Facebook page. You know, <laughs> like, hey, remember when you said this stupid thing? I'll make a montage of uh, somebody scoring a touchdown that you said it was a bad team. Right? <laughs> Chuck Pagano host, hosting a uh, I think you trophy. should. If I, they win the Lombardi, I'm going to steal your audio of uh, Pagano's <laughs> terrible. I'll just have it, you know. You know what? It's like I, the Rocky theme or something. I will I will go so bold right now. If the Colts win the Super Bowl this year, I will oh, wear God. a dress to work the next day. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I, will wear a dress of, I will wear one of my wife's dresses to work the next All day. All right. Well, that's a, that's a great image, and that's, we're going to end it on that. <laughs> that's how much, a little faith I have in the Colts this year. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Chris, thanks again for uh, coming on the show. All right, a huge shout-out to Chris Miller. That was great. Um, I really hope we don't see him in a dress. So I guess that turned me into a uh, Colts hater for the year. But great conversation with him. In all seriousness, that was what we needed to move this show along the Week 5 NFL action. Up next, it's Anthony Germain. He's the NFL betting expert. He knows the point spreads as well as anyone. Let's hear what he has to say about Week 5. It's the Money Mitch Effect. Okay, so Anthony Germain is in the house to talk about NFL lines for week five. Some interesting games. Anthony Germain, thanks for joining. It's uh, some gruesome to some podcasting. Yes, it is. Um, this, is this is talking about the uh, NFL lines and even some college football lines is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I've been studying these lines probably since, I don't know, I was 15 years old. 
Um, I, I've just always been a firm believer that, you know, these Vegas lines tell you a lot about these games. Um, you know, you can usually tell when there might be an upset or not, even in, you know, especially in college football when there's like a ranked team uh, who might be ranked like seventh overall going against a pretty good team that's not ranked and then all of a sudden they're favored. You know, why are they favored? What do they know that we don't? And a lot of times I'll, you know, jump on that team that's not ranked that's favored in, you know. Right, and that was USC Arizona State last week. That was the one I was thinking of. Um, Where SC was one and three unranked, favored by like a touchdown. And they right, exactly. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been on the college um, football train as, as much this year, but, you know. Yeah, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting year, and I think to your point, um, you can play games in college, win win without really being tested. There's so many different teams. How good is a team? We don't really know. I think that's especially where early on. Yeah, early on, you see Vegas have the insight there. NFL last week, you mentioned Anthony that they it was the first week all year where Vegas actually lost money, had to pay out, and you see we saw four or five underdogs on the road, win those games. Every home team that won covered. A very interesting game and a a very interesting week and some interesting trends developing. The Bucs actually started off um, hot. Um, You know, you had the Falcons upset the Panthers. Um, A lot of people were hot on the Lions. You had the Bears with the outright win there. Um, Patriots obviously got shut out. I'm trying to see what what else we have in here. the London game where Jacksonville w- wins that one. But yeah, I movement, mean, but no one really knew two bad teams how that was going to right. Out. Like people aren't too hot on you know the Colts. Everybody knows that that team's banged up, worst offensive line in the game. Uh, that defense. I mean, I've I've actually heard on the radio also that if you know, I mean, if you think about this, if you take Andrew Luck off that Colts team, they actually have the worst roster in the league. I like Jacksonville personally just because they were familiar with, you know, playing in London now. This is, what, their third year? Yeah. Third home, or third might even be more. Yeah. Um, so they're familiar with the travel. They're familiar with that stadium. Um, so that was a good play. Where they got crushed is the afternoon games. Um, all the, I mean, like Denver Broncos. I mean, there, there's, there's an example of what I was talking about with, College stuff, like, why was Denver only, you know, favored by three points against a Tampa Bay team that's just been getting pummeled? Um, so, you know, you had, you had the Broncos cover there. Um, well, that Saints over Chargers was an interesting, was an interesting one. Where they yeah, yeah, the, there's another one that... The Chargers blow a 13-point lead with seven minutes left. They've actually blown those leads... I, I I think in every single game that they played this year under the two minutes they had they've had a yeah, lead they lost. Out. So in that one, I San Diego was up by more than ten points, I think, with seven minutes left. Seven minutes to go. Back so back you know, you gotta you gotta feel for Chargers betters there. Um and then those two night games just absolutely crushed the books. If you took Pittsburgh or you know, Minnesota, those are two those are two elite teams in the NFL right now, and that's you know from week to week, public's going to be all over those teams. And those games were pretty much over betting wise, like by half. Oh yeah, which is yeah. crazy to think. That's how good those teams are. You knew Pittsburgh was going to bounce back. Um, one note on Kansas City though is they're such a conservative team, as you know, being a Philly guy associated with Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Is there a more confident feeling than beating up? Like fourteen points, twenty points against an Andy Reid coach team. Like, how are they going to get back into the game and? 
backdoor cover. I just didn't see it happening at all. Yeah, I, I don't know if... I mean, it's a combination of both of the talent that Kansas City has on offense and Andy Reid. I don't think Kansas City's really built to come from behind. Usually, they're, uh, Kansas, um, I, historically, I guess you could say that Andy Reid coach teams are more predicated on you know having a strong defense, and then they, they usually tend to dink and dunk with their West Coast offense. So not really meant to you know, come back from behind. But you know what? This, I mean, the Steelers are really, I mean, they're really good this year. You know, so. Offensively, they're a juggernaut. And at home. And at home, too. I mean, they're, I think the, I, I was reading a stat against the spread. I think Pittsburgh is like, you know, 6-0, and 5-0 and at home against spread last, like, you know, how many yeah. home games. So, they're tough to beat at home, man. Yeah, I mean that was that was a eye opening uh, takeaway to watch Pittsburgh just dominate Kansas City and Minnesota dominate the Giants on Monday night. Anthony Jermaine joining the Money Mitch effect. All right, before we get into some NFL lines, there's a couple college games that have caught your eye. Just briefly mention that for all of our uh, our listeners that might want to get into the action on both pro and college. Okay, so yeah, I've been I've been heavier on pro this year, um, especially the first couple weeks. Um, weeks one through three have been kind of, I mean, it's been kind of cruising. Um, last week was the first week we hit a wall. I'm going to actually switch over to college football this year just based on the, I mean, not this year, this uh, week, this yeah. upcoming week, just based off a lot of the numbers I've been reading. Um, I got three for you. Yeah. We can, we can share that, just three that popped out. Um, usually when the numbers are this drastic and there's movements in uh, these certain directions, I'll jump all over it, even if I don't know much about the team or teams uh, playing. Uh, my first game is Cincinnati at uh, UConn. Okay, we're, we're, we're diving deep. Yeah, we're going... We're going <laughs> dumpster diving. We're going right. a little dumpster diving. Um, for UConn, there's only about 12% of the public is on UConn. Um, usually when a number is that low and... There's a movement of, I like to call it a reverse line movement. So if you can imagine that out of 100 people, only 12 people are betting on UConn. And that's the 3.5, is that what it is? Right, well, it opened up at 3.5. UConn was getting 3.5. Now, if only 12 people are betting on UConn, you would think that the books would try to adjust the line and move it up, plus 4, plus 5, etc., but in a reverse line movement, in this case, the line has gone to plus two and a half. So is that big money, or is that just Vegas trying to cover what they think? Um, it, it indicates that there is sharp money on UConn. Okay. Um, the wise guys, as they call them, or you know, pro- professional betters. Like good fellows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's something you might want to jump on. Um, another case of that would be um, here. Here's a you know, bigger name school. Um, and, and just to clarify, I mean, I usually want to stay away from, you know, really small schools with this line moving because there's just not enough action on it to really get an accurate reading. You know, you don't want to be taking, um, you know, Towson versus, you know, uh, Old Dominion or whatever. Um, but here we got Notre Dame um, at uh, North Carolina State. And I actually like North Carolina State. Um, you know, it opened up at a pick Um you know, America just in general and the public loves Notre Dame. You know, it's a very it's a very popular team to to, to take, popular team to root for. 
Um, and here's another case where only 17% of the public is on North Carolina State, and the line moved from a pick to minus two and a half as the North Carolina favorite. Wow. Well, Notre Dame's defense is brutal. Um, without having watched North Carolina State this week, you like North Carolina State to cover two and a half against Notre Dame? Yes. It was outright right. Yeah. They, Notre Dame can't stop anybody. That's not, they lost to Duke. I mean, <laughs> that kind of puts it into perspective. But all right, what's the third okay. game? Okay, and for the third game, we got it. We have um, another big school involved. Um, we got BYU at Michigan State. Ooh, now that's interesting because BYU's had a lot of tough, close games. They've been up and down. Michigan State just lost to Indiana. How are you leaning in this one? So, I, I'm typically not ever on the BYU train because they, they tend to burn me a lot in, in the past for whatever reason. Um, but here's another example. We have BYU opening up the line at, at uh, plus six, getting six points at Michigan State. Only 27% of the public is on BYU, and the line has gone down to five and a half. So I'm all over BYU, NC State, and UConn. All right. That could be a rowdy, uh, rowdy Brigham Young campus if they win that game. All right, so those are three. Those are three interesting picks, and it's interesting the line movement on each of those. Switching back to NFL for Week Five, what's the one line that you're looking at this week that really has your eye? The game that you notice some movement, you think could be uh, some potential for uh, some big wins. Um, like I said earlier, um, for the NFL this this week, I'm gonna tread lightly. Um, you know, for the way I like to take action, there's nothing that's really eye-popping pop, uh, eye to me. I think Vegas is going to end up paying out again, um, a lot of these favorites. But if there's one game um, that sort of caught my eye, it's the Jets at Pittsburgh. The Jets are getting seven points. I'm going to go with the Jets getting the seven points to cover. Oh. Um, I think with, it, especially in the pro, in the pro, in pro football, it tends to be a lot of overreaction. Um, Got to remember that Pittsburgh was on national TV Sunday Night Football and just dominated what people think is a, great is a, on Sunday Night Football. Right, and and you know everybody sees them dominate what they think is a great or not a great but a good Kansas City football team. Um, you know, usually solid in and out these Andy Reid teams. Um, so a lot of people see that. You know, regardless of what the spread is next week, you know a lot of people are going to be all over Pittsburgh. Um, also, if you watch, you know, NFL Network, ESPN, or whatever, the Jets have looked pretty bad over the past couple of weeks on there. You know, you have not Ryan Fitzpatrick through nine interceptions in two weeks. That's not good. Um, you know, there's no Eric Decker, but you know, I I, I like that I have Quincy, Quincy and Nunez and Brandon Marshall. I still think that's a pretty good matchup. Uh, so, are you, are you I'm are you worried that the Jets? With Fitzpatrick could make this could basically be right in the game and then he messes up. What was it? Pittsburgh covers easily. No, I'm. Every, I'm everything I'm, about the Jets could cover this um, spread, but then again, Fitzpatrick's nine picks. I'm not. I'm not as worried game. as with Fitzpatrick. The only thing I'm actually worried about with this game is if it does come to that and they put in Geno Smith. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, but here's another interesting. Um, Thing with this game, Pittsburgh actually has the 30th ranked pass defense, giving up about 316 yards per game. Right. So you know, 
Good bounce if I have back to, for Fitzpatrick. Right, and I'm not saying that they're going to win this game outright. I just, you know, seven points, and if it goes on the seven and a half, if you can get that hook, that's even better. Um, also, another another interesting statistic about this is the Jets have actually held running backs to about 80 yards or fewer per game. So their rush defense is pretty good. Hopefully they can keep Le'Veon Bell in check. I'm looking for a close game, three, four-point game. Um you know, Pittsburgh wins. Check the Jets. Though. Maybe Jets outright. Maybe. That'd be an interesting I don't know. The, the thing with this game is, this game has been hovering. It's just been at seven. I mean, I think some books have it at seven and a half, but in Vegas, you know, mostly it's at, it's at seven. You have 66% of the public on Pittsburgh, 34% of the public on the Jets, with barely any movement. So... I don't know. In my in my opinion, when it doesn't move, it's just as good as a reverse line movement. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, another game I'm looking at, I want you to take on is Minnesota hosting Houston. Minnesota, the defensive juggernaut, seven point favorites. It started yeah. at six. They've got seven. I like Minnesota here. I, I yeah. think. Uh, we can talk about how good their defense is, but let's go on the flip side. Whenever you're betting against someone, you look at their weaknesses. I think. Osweiler struggles, Watts out. As you mentioned before we went on air, Bill O'Brien, not exactly the best coach in the NFL? No, he's a yeller, screamer. I <laughs> uh, never bought into his, I guess, ideologies of uh, coaching football. Um, I just think Houston's going to have a hard time moving the ball against this team. Um, I mean, you look at the, the Giants last week, they just looked lost out there. Odell Beckham couldn't do anything. I mean, they had Giants had a little bit of success with the run game. They had that one big run with Perkins. And Lamar Miller is good, but I just wonder about on the road. Minnesota gets a lead. They put the clamps on. Is Osweiler going to make the throws? They struggled with Tennessee last week. This is a couple steps up. Right. I mean, if it wasn't for that, what was it, the kick return or the punt return by Will Fuller? I mean, Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's looking at possibly possibly a cover there, but. Um, yeah, I just think, I don't like, this is an example of what I was saying where I think Vegas is actually going to end up paying out the public again. I, you know, everybody's, everybody's on Minnesota right now. Money. It's a free money game. But see, this line, this line went in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it started, I've seen some books where it's opened at, you know, uh, Minnesota was only favored by five. That's you know, the, the public... And I'm guessing that some of the pros are probably on Minnesota. It's pushed this line all the way up to seven. Right. But I still am not scared away by that at all. That's a touchdown. No, I like it yeah. too. I don't I just that they, they look for real, man. Minnesota, they play for real. I Bradford's I, not making mistakes. North Turner's run a very simple offense. And I was actually reading an article the other day where they say that the, the Vikings actually play a lot like like the Patriots. From football operations to head coaching. They have a lot of Former head coaches on their teams that are assistants now. Like, everything about them and the way they run is, and, like you just said, mistake-free. And I like how Zimmer and Zimmer has gotten to the point where he's a older guy getting his first head coaching job. He's right. not a spring chicken. I think that's helping. He's not making the mistake. The turnovers are huge when it comes to the spread. If you, you know, I bet on dogs a lot, and some of the, some of the time, sometimes that means you have to take some bad teams. And when they turn the ball over, especially early, the first, you know, you can't win when you're turning the ball over three times a game. And so, like you said, that's that's good for Minnesota. They take care of the ball. They don't make mistakes. 
I would actually love to know how many turnovers they had on the year, to be honest. It's not many. It's not many at all. So from one line that's not scaring us away to one that might, New England on the road, 11-point favorites at Cleveland. Tom Brady's back. The Browns are winless. Is 11 too outrageous here? No, I I think if you take New England, if you're, if you're, if you're actually betting on this game, you got to feel more comfortable taking New England. I don't know the, the health status of Rob Gronkowski. Um, I think that makes a bigger difference than Tom Brady coming back. I think they 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 seem to operate a lot more smoothly and they seem to dominate more when Rob Gronkowski's on the field. Yeah, I'm not worried about well Brady the rust factor. I don't right. think it's going to be that bad. The Browns are an elite level defense, and, but where I feel com- comfortable betting on New England. The Browns, the Browns O line is awful. Belichick's a sharp defensive guy. Cody Kessler. He's just going to bring the heat. <laughs> yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of blitzes, a lot of sacks. I Cody, think he can win this game 19 to 7 and covers 11 points just like that. I, I thought Cody Kessler was a below average talent quarterback at you know SC. Oh, and that's why he's third now string. He's, now he's on the Browns yeah. starting against, you know. And, you know, New England's coming off that shutout. They're going to come out. It's that defense, they're going to come out, you know, fired up. I just, I think if you're going to take it, you got to go to New England and just, you know, swallow those points. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you there, unfortunately. Talking NFL lines with Anthony Germain on the Money Mitch effect. All right, we'll talk about one game in particular I wanted to get to, and that is the Detroit Lions hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm getting to this game because Eagles undefeated, Lions 1-3. and three. It's in Detroit. Detroit opened a two and a half point favor. The line has moved to Philadelphia three and a half point favor. Yeah, this how do you feel about this game? This is one of those games where potential. this one of my favorite things to do when these lines first come out is to just before I look at you know public versus the sharps and all that movement and all that stuff on Tuesday morning. I like to look at the lines and just and just look and see which one really stands out to you. Which one's really weird? Which one's too good to be true? You know what I mean? So, you have this Eagles team. I mean, every that's all they're talking about on, you know, ESPN NFL now. Carson Wentz, Jim Schwartz in this defense, blah blah blah. And now you're going to tell me that the Detroit Lions are only two and a half point dogs. Yeah, this Lions team, who they just lose to last week? It's the Bears. Right. So, you know, this is one of those lines that stands out as, you know, it's too good to be true. And even the, the statistical data right now on it, I mean, you have 83% of tickets on the Eagles. Now, the line did move up to three and a half, which is, you know, the correct way it should. But I'm personally just going to stay away. I don't know if Vegas has figured out Carson Wentz and the Eagles yet. Sometimes every I see it seems like every year there's always a team they, they take – Six to eight weeks to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I think the Eagles might be this case. I, they've covered every game so far. I think this is an upset pick in, in real terms. Detroit mm-hmm. could definitely win this game. Most definitely can be. Um, we'll see the Philadelphia defense tested. Stafford likes to muck it up. I think he's going to come out throwing. I don't want to say Philadelphia could fall victim to the hype here, but they've had the bye week. They've had a lot of people pumping their tires for two weeks and beating Pittsburgh. This is an interesting one. Three and a half. I still still feel comfortable with the Eagles. If you think the Eagles are a good team, they should handle three and a half on the road and and win this game. A true road test that we could see once face adversity for the first time down the stretch. I guess so. Um... 
the Lions don't really strike fear defensively to me. Um, yeah, no, I'm I just, I just think, I think it's an Eagles outright win by a lot, or it's a, or it's a Lions upset. I don't, I don't think the spread's going to matter. Stay away? Is that a stay away? I'm personally going to stay away from it just because I'm a, you know, Eagles <laughs> fan. I usually don't do that, but this line, like I said, this line stuck out, stuck out to me, and usually I take those games, but I, again, I don't know if Vegas quite has, you know, Wentz and this whole Eagles team quite figured out yet. So then we got Denver, Atlanta, Denver five point favorites. This one, this In one, I, this one, I can't really go off the statistical data. It is currently 50-50 split action right now. I think I think people are in love with that Atlanta offense as they always are every year. You know, the first five to six games, Atlanta hot, 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 and then they just fall off a cliff. I don't know if they'll do that again this year, That's but probably the, if not, if Minnesota is the best defense. Number second, it's them one too. Oh yeah! Oh my God, yeah! And you know, you you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going for three hundred yards last last week. People love offense. Well, let me let me throw this out before you get break this game down further. The over under in this game, right now I'm seeing forty seven. Mm-hmm. I, I only bring this up, and I'm not a big over under guy. But mm-hmm. you have a great defense versus a great offense. You wonder how who's going to win that battle, and whether you take a team any over under and like a parlay. Um, you think Denver's going to win? Two things, I, two things I stay away from. Parlays <laughs> and over-unders. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard enough to win a bet standing alone. Um, then, you know, you know, you want to throw three teams in there. Um, yeah, I could bet. But I only bring that up here because yeah, I, I don't see Atlanta winning this game. Me neither. In a, if it's a defensive struggle. I don't see Denver. I, I honestly don't even, I don't see Denver winning if it's, you know, 35-31. If that's the case, Atlanta's doing whatever they want on the defense. And I don't see Simeon matching Matt Ryan and Leo Jones. Yeah, you, you got, um, you have uh, Tevin Coleman um, is going to see limited snaps this weekend. Um, that leaves just Devontae Freeman out there, too. I think this is the Atlanta Falcons team is a very finesse team. Um, I mean, look at who they played so far this season. You know, they're putting up these these monster numbers against an Oakland defense, against Saints. a Car- Saints defense, Carolina defense, which is you know that secondary is looking like a Swiss cheese. And on the flip side, Denver's shutting down elite quarterbacks. Elite, Andrew yeah. Jameis has looked better, and then we know Cam week one. Right, and they're they're just dominating on defense, you know. Um, so I'm looking for Atlanta to get smacked in the mouth hard this week, come crashing back down the earth. You know, everybody's talking about Matt Ryan, this, Matt Ryan, that. I'm, I'm, I see Matt Ryan throwing at least two interceptions this weekend. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you here. I think Denver wins this and, game And another thing is, you know, people don't know if Simeon's going to play or if Paxton Lynch is going to play. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Any like any quarterback can play for Denver. I just think both those quarterbacks are capable of. I don't think there's a, a, a huge gap difference between those two. Right, and they're not asked to just go four wide and throw it forty times a game. Right, CJ Anderson's running while the line's blocking while that defense is good to have. Exactly, I think this Denver team looks better than they did last year at this time. You know, they're they're just scary. So let's look at some afternoon games, and the one that jumps out at me is Cincinnati Dallas. You have two two and two teams. I've seen the Bengals, two-point favorites on the road in Jerry World. Let me see this one shaking out. It's almost a spread where you got to go money line if you're thinking 
Dallas is going to win. Yeah, some books won't let you take money line when the spread's this low. Um, usually if it's under three. Or do you think it's going to move at all one way or the other? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It started as it. Dallas as a, as a favorite, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and now they're a one-and-a-half-point dog. Um, Dallas, you know, ever since Jerry World has been constructed, hasn't been really played, you know, that well at home. Um, a lot of teams, I mean, they. I've heard them say they don't even feel like they have a home field advantage. You know, right there. Well, I wonder, I mean, is it slightly changing with the new sheriff possibly in town? Yeah, Dak's impressed. Um, no picks. <laughs> you know, this is a game I really don't have that much of an opinion on. Um, it's it's a tough call. Since he, since he looked good against Miami last week. Also, another, actually one thing about Cincy is they've had some extra time. You know, they played Thursday Night Football. They've had some extra time to prepare, extra time to rest. Um... I don't know. I mean, that's that's a tough one. I, I'm not a believer in Cincy, and I'm not, I'm, I'm still not sold on Dallas. So I'm I'm just that staying away from like that one. Away for sure. I, I think the Bengals could definitely go in and win this game. Yeah. I think I trust. I'm with you. There's there's reservations about both teams, but I think there's less involving the Bengals for me. I think that front four, if they can get index grill, make life uncomfortable. I think they can win this who, game. Who's been Dallas's toughest opponent so far? Yeah, fair question. Do we say the the we mean losses or wins? Giants. I mean, they haven't. How do we know about the NFC East? Right, and yeah, last Niners. It's been an easy schedule. Right, so we'll see with a, with you know Vontaze Burfict's back on that you know line. Bengals. Who they they've lost to Denver. You know, they lost to Pittsburgh. They right. they they're definitely more tested in this situation. Andy Dalton, that some you know. Those throws, some of those throws he made last week were right on the money well, too. So yeah, I didn't. Green just, yeah, it never looked better. Other two afternoon games I want to get to briefly: uh, San Diego, Oakland. I see upset potential here. Oakland, I'm looking at three and a half point favorite. They're three and one. San Diego's one and three. But I think this might be the case of records don't tell the full story right. about these two teams. I think San Diego can absolutely go into Oakland and win this game. Um. I would agree with you, except for the fact that I think San Diego is so wounded now at this point, especially with Jason Verrett going down now. Yeah. Jason Verrett is, in my opinion, an elite cornerback in this league. Um, and, I mean, it just seems like every week with San Diego, it's somebody else going down. Um, I don't know if they have enough to stop that Oakland offense. You know, we I work with somebody who is a Raiders fan – you know he he's wearing he wears the Raider shades a lot, and I like to tell him that he's that his team has a very soft three and one. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so a lot of these wins, I mean they they go down to the wire with Tennessee. They've the gone down to the wire with the Saints. They've gone down to the wire with or they lost to the Falcons. Um, they stole and then, again. well, I mean that's debatable because I I. Baltimore with those, you know, got the fumble. Oh well, yeah, I mean that was a game that could have gone either way. But I mean Derek Carr with that drive at the at the end there, to go down and you know win that the game. Secondary is weak. I think Rivers can go for four hundred yards easily. It's possible, yeah. Oakland. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think there's a potential here. It wouldn't shock me one way or the other with this game. And then the other California game, Los Angeles hosting Buffalo. That is, ooh, now, I, I mean, know you don't like over-under. I'm all under on this one, man. I think points are going to be at a premium. I think you got Case Keenum versus Tyrod Taylor. Get excited. 
Right, and if you look at these teams, they're pretty identical. I mean, they're both tough defenses, right? They both have coaches that are kind of overrated. <laughs> Very overrated. Uh, quarterback play is, I mean, I, I give the nod to Tyrod Taylor, but not by much, to be honest. They both have strong running games, and then the wide receiver cores are just, you know, bland. So I, you look at these teams. I mean, go is to it Coliseum and watch the game this weekend? Do you really question why the the spread is so close? I mean, these teams are pretty much identical. It's this, the action is fifty eight percent on Buffalo, forty two percent on L A, and yeah, you have a you have a a low number for over under for NFL. You know, we're sitting at thirty nine and a half right now. But you gotta. Here's the thing, you, you can look at these movements for over unders too. And I'm you know just real quick here. You know, the, the over-under opened at 40, and, and it went down a half a point to 39 and a half. And you have 81% of the tickets on the under. Now, don't you think the line may have sh- – actually, no. <laughs> Scratch that. Uh, yeah. No, um, so, yeah, you know. Well, that, was, that was informal. No, I think uh, – I just think when you look at these games, you can lean towards the home team. Uh, you can lean towards the home team to give you that edge, but this is a game where these are evenly matched teams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if the Bills are going to have success in this game, it's going to be on the ground. We mentioned quarterback play. It's going to be whichever quarterback doesn't screw up, doesn't blow the game, and which defense can give up, not give up the big plays. Rams secondary has been good at that recently, and the Bills, for how much we ragged on them, they're back to 2-2, two and two, they're back to 500. Yeah, I just think, personally, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a believer in the Rams. Uh, the, you know, two of their wins came from, you know, people want to say, oh, they beat Seattle. Oh, they beat um, Arizona. You know, you got to keep in mind these teams are in the division. They, you know, they're going to play these games tough. Um, and the Bills are coming off beating the third-string quarterback. So, I, yeah, I think <laughs> well, yeah. who knows what this game is going to hold. All uh, right, we'll wrap this up on the Money Mitch Effect with Anthony Germain. The, the two primetime games, Sunday night and Monday night, Green Bay – Host the Giants at Lambeau Field, Green Bay seven point favorites. Mike McCarthy's teams have been interesting to predict. I don't know if that's play calling or if they're just having some growing pains getting some guys back on the field, but seven point favorites at Lambeau Field. Do you like Green Bay in this one? I like Green Bay. Um, this might be one that I actually take. Um, Green Bay at home. I don't know the exact statistic, but against the spread at home is pretty good. Um, yeah, except for they had the, they, you're you're right. I, I know the one time was last year when they blew that game against the Bears, a terrible Bears team at home. Yeah, division game again. You never yeah. sometimes you got to be careful with division games. Um, what the early the early movement on this game is is actually in. My favor, how I like to, how I like to take games. Um, Green Bay was opened up this at you know favored by seven, and it went up to seven and a half, with with actually most of the public on the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's seen. Now it's come down to earth a little more. You know the line went back down to seven. Um, we have fifty eight percent on the Giants and forty two percent on the Packers. So there's still less action on the Packers, um, but I like them coming off their bye week. You know, well rested. The Giants, you know, played Monday Night Football, so there's an extra day there that they don't have, um, and they just look lost on offense, man. I just, you know, Odell Beckham. I think he's a distraction to that team. You know, the, every every 
question is Gi- the Giants get asked in the media as to run Beckham. So, I mean, like, yeah. Well, and they can't really run the football. Right. There's no running game. Um, you know, and they have distractions. And I don't know if I really believe in Ben McAdoo as a head coach. Um, so, I, you know, I might be all over the Packers on this one. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, you talk about the Cowboys, who the Giants really proven that they can be, you know. I don't know. They blew the Redskins game. They, they should be 3-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game against Minnesota was not a good look. I just worry about Green Bay with 7, that McCarthy's going to get ultra-conservative. Against the Lions, they're up 20-plus yeah. you know, points, and they end up coming right back to Earth. So, we'll yeah. see. But I do think Green Bay's clearly the better team and the better value bet here. Tampa Bay, Carolina on Monday nights. And this is big because if Cam Newton doesn't play... Well, he, he could be looking at a, <laughs> all different. I, lines I actually think he was ruled out a, about an hour ago. Ooh. I think I saw a uh, tweet or you know some kind of breaking news that he He's is definitely out. Huh? Yeah. Um, so so it looks I'm like we're, four, I'm seeing four and a half Carolina, but subject to change. Yeah, you know, with Derek Anderson in there, that defense looking. Oh man, Carolina's still favored at home. I. I, I just you know, looking at this right now, and you know, with the with the latest news on Newton, I would I would have to go Tampa Bay on this one. Tampa Bay has had a brutal schedule to start. Not trust in the Derek Anderson show. <laughs> it's you know, it's not even that. I just think. I think I think Tampa Bay's do. Um, they've had a brutal start. They played a lot of tough opponents to start. They played Denver. They played. Well, yeah, they beat the Falcons, which might be the might. That was that was week one so far. They beat the Falcons, so they're on one and three. They lost to the Rams in a game where tough defense. We were worried about them, and no, I mean I, I agree with you to a point, but it, it, they were everybody's trendy playoff pick in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So I, they need to prove it on the field. So this is a game that they should have. Um, Carolina, though, back against the wall. There's a lot of players from that Super Bowl team that don't want to be one and four, so they could gut out a win. But I'm just. This is a game where you got to wait till Monday Monday afternoon, right? I mean, the line movement I would expect is going to be crazy going into this one. Yeah, we can't. I mean, on on Friday morning here, we can. Um, With the bombshell just dropping that cams. Right. So I mean, there's. I'm saying that the Vegas book isn't even taking wagers on this right now. Um, so it's not even open to bet on at some books in Vegas. Um, I'm on the offshore or the. <laughs> Yeah, the offshore. There we go. Yeah, yeah, the offshore um, online books, though. That's where we're seeing four and a half. But just to you know, go back real quick. You know, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Los Angeles, and Denver. Last three games. I mean, they're all pretty good defenses. And then you know, you look at their only win with Atlanta. Yeah. So I'm looking for them to. I'm looking for. I would look for Tampa. And I'm seeing now that he's definitely not expected to play, but no official announcement made. But we'll we'll know by what later today when he doesn't travel with the team or. Right, and that's why that's probably why Vegas isn't taking any. All right. Well, any uh, any parting words of wisdom here, Anthony Germain, and uh, a successful debut. (laughs) Uh, Tread lightly, NFL. That was Anthony Germain, the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for joining, and uh, absolutely, we'll have to kind of make this a reoccurring theme. Yeah, for sure. Depending on if you lose me too much money this week. <laughs> That's why tread lightly NFL. Like I said, I like college a lot better this this week. Um, I'm I'm looking for Vegas to pay pay up again, pay the public this weekend. So I hope so. That's good for us, the public. <laughs>
Thanks again to both of our guests for coming on The Money Mitch Effect, Chris Miller and Anthony Germain. Thanks, as always, to Tim Adams for providing the music that you hear that make this Money Mitch Effect sound great. And remember, you can listen to all the podcasts on iTunes at Money Mitch Effect as well as Google Play now. We just debuted on there. So if you're an Android user like myself, you can easily access that through your phone on Google Play. You can also find the Money Mitch Effect at SoundCloud. Money slash Mitch is my handle there. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. And we'll see you next time.